Are you ready for God's Word this morning? Right, let's open our Bibles now to Philippians chapter 3, from verse 12 to 16 for our scripture reading. And may I request everyone to please stand as we give reverence to the God's Word. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 16, and this is from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. May God bless the reading from His Holy Word. Please take your seats. So once again, Happy, Happy New Year 2022. Now we are, we have finished yesterday, the year 2021. And today, we have started a brand new year. And this is the start. So today is very crucial to each one of us, not just to us who are in this house of God, but to everyone outside, whether individuals, churches, companies, even among our government units. Today is the beginning of something new. Our calendars change, our planners change. And a lot of people also try to have a, you know, brand new look this new year, like me. <laughs> Do I look younger with this? So some people say, you look thinner. No, it's not. It's just that the place is so big, so I look small. <laughs> but I am so excited to present to all of us the theme for the year 2022. So this, again, this is a result of our whole day overnight stay in Sandra's garden a few weeks or last month. And, and so the pastors have our retreat. We read, we prayed, we sang, we asked for God's confirmation. There were several themes suggested, but somehow we have zeroed in to this theme. Do you know the theme for this year? What's the theme? It's forward. <laughs> That's the theme. All right? Now, let, let me just share to you something. You know, when, when we were meeting uh, among the pastors, we had our mountaintop experience. We had our devotion there. And, and so we have already listed a lot of themes. I have mine. They have also others. We write it there in the board, and then we ask God for confirmation. And you know what? There was no, there's no internet connection there, but suddenly, some, somehow, there was this one message that came across. It was Nanay. And ingon si Nanay, nindot ni siya pas ikantaho nato for New Year. Onward, Christian soldier. And I told the pastor, this is my confirmation. <laughs> that the theme this year is really what? Forward. We have hope in Christ. Last year, that's our theme. Hope being the anchor of our soul so that we can be firm and secure. So what happens next? We cannot stay. We cannot we cannot linger anymore with the past. 
And so we have to move forward. That's the theme for this year. So what does it mean to, be, to move forward? What's the word forward? That's our theme. It's just one word. Discovering God's presence and purpose in your life today. That's going to be our guiding goal for the whole year 2022 here in Bradford Church. Whether individuals, families, and as a church, there's only one direction, forward. Amen? Now, what's the meaning of that word? Now, here's what Google tells us. It's an adverb in the direction that one is facing or traveling towards the front. But I kind of focus on the second meaning. Onward so as to make progress toward a successful conclusion. I think that's where we want to be, right? In that second definition. Third, it says towards the future ahead in time. Well, it's nice, but I think number two perfectly gives meaning to our theme. That as Christians, that's our goal. Onward so as to make progress. You know, we cannot remain stagnant. We have to move on. We have to go towards what? A successful conclusion. How about use as an adjective the word? Number one, relating to or concerned with the future. So, something about the tomorrow. But again, the number two meaning catches my attention. Moving or tending onward to a successful conclusion. Again, I says, Lord, this is you speaking through Google. I think that's what you want us as a church. We want, you want us to move onward to a successful conclusion. And you know what? Last year, we already have a foretaste of what is that successful conclusion that God has already prepared for us. Heaven! Isn't life here on earth a preparation for that conclusion? Well, heaven is an investment. That investment must be done here on earth today. As an adjective that describes a person, a person that is forward, it means he is bold, familiar in manner, directed towards something in advance, ready or eager. And I said, Lord, I want to be that person. I want to be bold for you. I want to be familiar in, in, in all manners of life. I want to be directed towards something in advance. I want to be ready and eager. Brethren, it's time to stop our slumber, to wake up and do something for God. There's such so many people around us that needs our help. We have to move forward. You know, as a verb, first meaning, it says send a letter or email on to farther destination. Forward. If forward, please. Can you please forward the message? See? Second meaning, help to advance something, promote. It seems that Google second meaning to all of this, whether it's an adverb, adjective, or verb, it describes what we want here in Bradford Church. We want to help to advance something, and that something is encapsulated in the Word of God. Amen? We want to advance His kingdom. We want to advance His cause and promote it. So that's why Forward is our theme this year. We have to stand up. We have to pick up the pieces and start moving forward towards God's progress. Brethren, this is no time to let anxiety, apathy, or anything else to hamper our journey towards God. Our theme this year is to encourage all of us to push forward to move forward, to build forward, to live forward. Whatever is your age, your status, or your circumstance, get on with your life, chase God's unfolding plans, and do it with focus, 
faith and fervor. Just like soldiers with a marching command by our Lord Jesus Christ. Onward. So I'm excited about whatever is the next thing God has for me, for my family, for our church. Let us all be excited, not anxious. Amen? Let us be happy. There may be burdens, but God is still in control. So don't dread tomorrow. Don't dread this year. Let us leverage it for the Lord and for others. And let's move forward. Now, about our text today, our lesson today, how to move forward. We'll begin with Philippians chapter 3. You're familiar with Philippians, right? Just to give you a short background, Philippians is one of those what, what is known as prison epistles. Paul was in prison when he wrote the book Philippians. The theme of Philippians is rejoicing. The word joy, rejoicing, you can find it almost in every chapter of this short letter. In, in chapter 3, Paul gives us an autobiography of his life. In verses 1 to 11 in chapter 3, he gives us his credentials in the past. You know, he was so religious. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, that he was, he was righteous. He was so passionate for God. But later on, Paul realizes that all his credentials all his credentials were nothing. Even he considered them rubbish compared to what? The surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, his Lord. So from his autobiography, as we move towards verse 12 to 16, we find here, Paul says, that was me in the past. That was me. I was chasing after the church. I was persecuting the church. I was a bad person in the past, but that's the past. I have to move forward. So in verses 12 to 16, we find here important patterns, principles that could help you and me so that we can move forward. Now, I don't know what are some of your baggages in the year 2021. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with your health, with your relationships. Bad things happen. Well, it happened to all of us. You had some problems with, with health, with family. But here's something that we need to do this today. We have to move forward, all right? Now, let me start with verse 15 to get us, you know, jumpstart on, on our lesson. Look at verse 15. Paul says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. I want you to focus on that phrase, think this way. The things, the principles that Paul is teaching us in this passage are what? The way to help us think. So, having a forward mindset is what? A thinking pattern. Right? God is teaching us through St. Paul how to change our mindset. Friends, mindset is very important. The reason why a lot of companies and some churches are not improving because we had a bad mindset. All right? Bad mindset. Bad, bad, you know, culture. We need to change our mindset. We need to change our culture. We need to change the way we think so that the way we do will be improved. And that's what Paul is teaching us here. If you consider yourself maturing in Christ, Paul says, think this way. The question is, what is that way? 
That's what we are going to learn this morning. Are you excited? Hello? God's pattern to move forward. And I think this is very, this is practical. You can apply this in our your spiritual life, of course. That's number one. We can apply this in our love life if you need to move on. If you need to move forward, we need this. We need also in this in, in our business. So this is a timeless principle coming from the very Word of God. Are you ready? Here's the first principle. Face the perspective. Face the perspective. Paul himself was honest about his standpoints in life, his viewpoint, his perspectives. Notice verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect. That's what he said in verse 12. In verse 13, he repeats it. I do not consider that I have made it on my own. Friends, this is an instantaneous disclaimer by Paul. This is Paul. Who is this Paul? This is the Paul who wrote almost all of the New Testament. This is the same Paul who planted most of the churches around Rome. This is the great Paul who taught us doctrines. And yet Paul here teaches us a very good principle. The principle of examination. We want to start something new. We better face the perspectives. Alright? Evaluate. Paul is saying, I haven't arrived yet. A lot of us would say, you know, look how far I've arrived. But for Paul, he says, look how far I must go. Paul says, I do not consider that I have made it my own. See? This is very important. There must be an awareness of the need to improve our lives. We need to have that awareness we have to face the reality. A lot of people start their year with the wrong perspective. We have to face the reality, the facts. How was I last year? What are the things that I need to let go? What are the things that I need to cultivate this year? The principle is very simple. In order to move forward this year, we have to admit that we don't have it all together last year. We have to face the fact that we haven't charted everything. Yes, we want to make plans, but the rest is still in the hand of God. Paul is teaching us here to have an inventory of our lives. I like the Good News translation. It says, I don't claim that I have already succeeded or become perfect. You see? Paul is teaching us here, face the perspectives in life. What if you haven't arrived, really? It teaches us the principle of examination. Let us examine our lives. To me, this is an honest estimation of Paul's life. Paul is now an old man. He is in prison. He has done so many things. But then Paul says, I haven't succeeded yet. Meaning to say, friends, work for God is never finished until we reach the finish line. Amen? There's still work. We have to face that. I'd like to quote Rick Warren who says, Forward-living people know the facts about their lives and they never stop growing. They are always developing, growing, expanding, learning. Face your situation. Face the realities that we haven't arrived yet. Friends, I realize that the longer I grow as a Christian, the more acutely aware that I am not yet finished. There's still so many rough edges in my life. 
every time we write our Dear God letter like what we did last night, it really reminds me I haven't grown that much. I still have to grow in so many areas, Lord. So it's a good, it's a good practice for us to end the year and start the year with what? With self-examination. You know, I'm not yet perfect, right? Now, let us reflect on these questions this year. Am I making progress? Of course, our perspective here is in our Christian life. Are you, am I a better Christian in year 2021 than 2020? See? What's going on in my life? See? This is a time for us to evaluate. What has happened to my Christian life? Did Jesus miss me? <laughs> Have I been absent for a long time in my spirituality? Where do I need to change? These are important reflections for us as we begin a new year, friends. We want God to, to really check our lives so that we know what to do in the coming days. Face your perspectives. Number two, forget the past. Very simple, right? Forget the past. Notice verse 13. Forgetting what lies behind. That's what Paul said. Let go of your past. Stop being manipulated by your memories. Paul says if he is going to be all God wants him to be, he's not going to waste any more time on yesterday. It's gone. It's past. There are two things that we need to forget. A lot of people today, and even last year and the last, last years, a lot of people are always carrying with them the baggages of yesterday's problems. But the Bible says, forget about the past. The word forget there doesn't mean that you're going to have an amnesia. Like for example, forget about the past. Nakalimot ko sa kong utang. Huwag ko bayad sa kong bills. Ingan man ang Bible, forget. Well, at least the Bible reminds us not to forget about outstanding debts. Romans, what chapter that's? Romans 13. The word forget there means that, it doesn't mean that we're going to have an amnesia, but it means that we don't allow the past to dictate our present. We are not going to allow the baggages of the yesterday to rob us of joy and power of God in our today. That's what it means to forget. Two things that we need to forget. Number one, our past sins. I don't know with you, but I have done so many sins year 2021. Have you? Well, Paul himself realizes that. He's the Saint Paul after all, the great Paul. And yet Paul says, I consider myself not to have attained it. He's talking here of perfection. Forget your past sins. For we've done mistakes. We've done foolish decisions last year. You don't have to allow those past mistakes to haunt you every day this year. We need to learn from them. Amen? Learn from them, but then leave them behind. They're yesterdays. A lot of Christians today are living what? In guilt? Are living in what? They're allowing the guilt of yesterday's sins to stop them from having a meaningful relationship with God today. But the Bible says, forget about them. Forget about the past. What else? Forget about our past successes. A lot of people today, they're very successful in the past, but they allow their past laurels and successes to rob them of what? Present opportunities. They always adore their trophies. 
See? Have you, have, you, have you heard people always talk about sauna, sauna? Sauna. Hindot kayo mi. Sauna. No? Sauna. What's the English word for sauna? Before. See? We all, there are people who love to talk about the old, gold, old days. Right? But those are history already. Some people today are always focused on yesterday's success that it tends to make them complacent with today. Praise God for the successes of last year. Praise God for our highlights. By the way, those are one of the things that Mr. Chairman will point out in our congregational meeting. The highlights of last year. Friends, don't you know in Bradford Church, when we went through the pandemic, those two years were terrible years for most people. A lot of churches were having problems with their finances. But just for your information, in those two years, 2020 and 2021, we had surplus. Can you imagine? We, we haven't experienced that. We were able to help, assist people. We maintained ministries. We have supported our 36 pastors. Can you imagine? It's pandemic. Only few people, only siguro around only two-thirds or maybe one-half of our congregation come. But you know what? As we were spreading our worship services online, money also came online. Alright? We find in our bank accounts, you know, there are always deposits there that we don't know where. This is coming from people who sees the work of God. And if people find that a church is faithful in the work of God, they will also be encouraged by the Holy Spirit to be faithful. Isn't that amazing? But we cannot let last year's success to just, oh, let's relax this year. You know, we have, we have very successful. You know, it's okay. Let's, let's relax. No. No time for relaxation. Let's move forward. God has blessed us last year so that we have something to start this year. So, it's still work for Jesus. Amen? Toiling on till the Master comes. The work of Jesus is never finished until He comes and says, Well done, good and faithful servant. See? We want Christ to come and tell that to ourselves. Well done, good and faithful servants here in Bradford Church. But we cannot allow the past success to make us complacent. Instead, let us learn from our mistakes last year. Let us learn from our successes last year and turn it into something that would leverage us to improve ourselves this year. Jesus reminded us in Luke 9.62 in the Good News Translation, anyone who wants to start to plow and then keeps looking back is of no use for the kingdom of God. You see? That's what Jesus said. What's the context of this verse? The context is that many people wanted to follow Jesus. Lord, I want to follow you. I want to follow you, but first, let me go back to my family. Jesus says, oh no. If you want to follow me, there's only one direction, forward. <laughs> you cannot keep looking back. That's what Jesus is saying. So if you want to join the bandwagon of Christ, then there's only one direction, forward. Onward, Christian soldiers. What's our reflection? What mistakes do I need to forget? Friends, make sure you have confessed your sins. You have repented. You know the bad things. I know the bad things I have done in the year 2021. And if heartily and sincerely we have repented and confessed them to Jesus, then accept the forgiveness of God. Don't listen to the devil who is always trying to accuse you because you and I are washed by the blood of Christ. Amen? 
Once we claim the forgiveness of God, you don't have to go back. What memories do I need to move? Do I need to move on with? You know, forget them. Leave them behind. All right, let's go to the third principle. And I think the third here, it's like these principles are, are really progressive. Face the perspectives in your life. Forget the past. And then we come to the third. Focus on the purpose. Here's the main verb of Paul in this passage. If all you do is forget the past, you may just have an amnesia. That doesn't lead you forward. You have to focus on the purpose. Look at verse 13. This is the heart verse of this passage. Notice what Paul says. But one thing I do. I want to focus on that word. One thing. One thing. Forgetting what lies behind. Straining forward. That's where we get our theme. Forward to what lies ahead. Paul has a single priority. In the Greek, this is the word one with an exclamation point. One thing. You know, in the Bible, there are only few verses that mentions one thing. David says it in Psalm 27. One thing. Remember Jesus? Jesus said to Mary and Martha, or Martha, 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 listen. One thing is needed. You missed it. Your sister got it. In our Christian life, we have so many things to do. Right? In our personal life, we have so many things to do. But God wants us to have something, a one thing one particular thing that should be prioritized. This is the principle of concentration. By the way, I forgot. Sa itong unang principle, principle of examination. Face your perspective. And then forget the past. What's that? Principle of elimination. There's something that I need to eliminate in my life. I cannot let this draws, this, this flaws of yesterday to affect me today. Third, this is the principle of concentration. There must be a maximum concentration in our Christian life. Again, we want to do many things. I don't know with you. I'm a multitasking person. I love to do many things at the same time. Multitasking. I can have a meeting while making a sermon, while in the cell phone I can do counseling to a person. I can do that. Sometimes it's good, sometimes in a very bad way. Like, I can be driving and counseling person through text. Pagyod. Sige, kasaba si Sharon ako, Ana. By God's grace, wala pa po na bangga. Pero, wala pa. So, I need to stop doing that, no? But there's, but the Bible says, there's one thing. The word here, straining forward. Straining forward, that's just one word in Greek. Epekte menoi. Never mind it. it. I don't even know how to pronounce it well. Epekte nome. You know what it means? It means to stretch your muscles to its limits. Straining forward. It's the word strain. And, and Paul's picture is a runner stretching every muscle for just one thing. You know? Christians, listen. Bradford Church, listen. We need to have a one thing this year. What is that one thing that one, God wants you and I to have? That's the key. Paul had an unbelievable level of concentration. Paul is doing so many things. He sells he sells tents. Along the way, na magpapray, mo pray siya, mo heal siya, na itabatay yung yayo. But it never, it never stopped Paul from the concentration of what, of one thing, 
one thing and one thing. If you want to be a professional in the management of your life, there is a secret. Focus is the word. Focus. Prof professionals concentrate on one thing. They specialize on one thing. We cannot be a jack of all trades all the time. You need to have a focus. And what, what should be our focus? What is the focus of Paul? Look at, look at verse 13 in, in the New Living Translation. But I focus on this one thing. What is that one thing that Paul is focusing on? Well, in, in another letter, this is what Paul says. We make it our goal to please Him. Now it gives us a hint. So what is that one thing that Paul is really stretching his muscles, that driving force that makes all things possible for him? It's pleasing his Lord. It's Jesus Christ. Brethren, that should be our one thing. Not just, not just this year, but every year in our lives. The one thing of what? Of glorifying Jesus. Of making sure that Jesus is magnified in everything that we do. Amen? That sets us apart from all the rest of the people in the world. That should make us a different and distinctive people. I'm a good worker. I'm a good government employee. I'm a good citizen. I'm a good teacher. I'm a good doctor. Why? Because there's one goal, one thing in my life, to please my commanding officer up there. If all Christians focus on that one thing, on pleasing the Lord, can you imagine the power of Christians in the world today? The problem with us is this. Listen, listen. The problem with us, with a lot of Christians today is this. We only become Christians when we are hard up, when we are dying, when our house burned down, when our finances are gone, that's the time we become Christians. But when life is better, when life is good, we forget about Jesus. Until cancer comes, until whatever disease comes, COVID comes, then you come to Jesus. Not so with Paul. Paul Remember in, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul has, has a thorn in his flesh. He wasn't, he wasn't a super Christian. You know, he's, he's so eager in serving God. And what is a problem? No. He was, he was poor. You know, he has, he, has to sell, he has to sell tents to earn a living. He has to sleep in somebody else's house. He has to struggle with his thorn in the flesh. But you know what? God says, I will not remove the thorn in the flesh, Paul, because I want you to trust me every single step of your life. Friends, don't ever think that this year, life, life in general is going to be easy. It will still be difficult, but it's different when our one thing is focused on Jesus. Amen? It's going to be different. So I'm talking to teenagers here. A lot of us teenagers, our focus is to so many things. To some Korean boy bands, to some, you know, did I say something bad? I know that's, somebody told me, Pastor Maki, if you want, if you want kids to love you, you have to love BTS. I love BTS. <laughs> Even though I don't know what it means. The BTS that I know is Baptist Theological Seminary. The other one is Bubble Tea Station. But there are so many focuses in our lives. Teenagers, you can be focused on your fashion. You can be focused on the genre of, you know, what you love, games. But I want you, I want you to listen. The greatest and most important thing in your life. Listen, listen, teenagers. Don't shut me up. The single greatest thing in your life is that you know Jesus. Don't wait for you to die to call on Him. 
live for Jesus today. That's the one thing of Paul. That's the one thing of Paul. David's one thing is this. One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Take note. To gaze. What is the one thing for David? To gaze on the beauty of the Lord. To seek Him in His temple. How I wish and how I pray that young people are so excited. You know, our sanctuary is just filled here. No, no one upstairs. I don't know. Can you please dream with me that this year people are so excited to come to church and, and this place, the reason why we make this place so huge so that there will be more people to worship God. Amen? Can you please dream with me? Dream this dream that we, there's always a problem of chairs. That's the dream. Pastor Maki, problema na po chairs. That's a good problem. That's a good problem that the board needs to solve. We're always running out of chairs. Why? People are coming. That's the one thing of David, that, that we will gaze the beauty of the Lord, not the beauty of some people, of some boys or some girls. A lot of young people today are so fascinated with, not with others, but with themselves. They can't, they can't, you know, get off seeing themselves, you know, having, having their what? Their selfie. <laughs> I know that. Don't you know I have also Instagram? And sometimes I'm happy and sometimes I'm so sad. You know, it, it really makes me sad. I hope, and you know, I say, Lord, I hope that these teenagers, while they're doing this, they have you in their hearts. Because what I see are wasted life. You know why wasted life? Anything you do, not for Jesus, the Bible says, it's a wasted life. You don't get any reward in heaven for a non-Jesus thing that you do. What counts is what we do for Jesus. So I hope whether Facebook, whether online or offline, we have a one thing. Think of that one thing. So friends, let's reflect. What am I living for? Are you just living for yourself? Are you just living for your ideology? Are you just living for your own fashion? Take note, Satan is very cunning. He's very subtle. He can use and manipulate you with what? With fashion, with art? That you can be focused on one thing and at the end of your life you will die and what you have there are just pictures, fashion, no Jesus. And you will be crying all through eternity saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Why? Because you have ignored Him. You don't really love Him. So what is my one thing in life? We need to reflect on that, brethren. If we, if we are going to be successful in the year 2022 for Jesus, make sure that you know your one thing. And I want you to decide it here, right here in God's house, this day, first day of January. Lord, my one thing is this, that whether I serve in my office, whatever capacity, my one thing is this, you are my priority, Lord. Anybody can call me anytime, but when you call me for duty, Lord, I will be there. I will be willing to lay everything aside. That's what it means to have a one thing. So sad that there's so many Christians today when it's the work of God, they're so busy with many things. But then if, that's, if, if, if it's something that they really love and desire, they're okay to let go of all their schedules so that they can go there. 
Nangigo na po si Pastor Maki. Sorry. January 1. Pero reflection man. So what's most important to you? Listen, what's most important to you? Is it your face? Is it your body? Is it your, you know, your desire to become slim and sexy? Is it your biking? Is it your, your motorcycle? What's the most important thing in your life? You have to chart it. Otherwise, it's so easy for Satan to eat up your time and my time and our energy for one thing that doesn't count in eternity. Isn't it shameful later on when you ask, Lord, langit, Lord? And God will give you all the lists. These are the things you've been doing on earth. Everything is about your happiness, your exercise, your beauty, your fashion, your sexiness. Nothing for Jesus. Don't expect something from Him if you're not giving many things for Him while you're living. Friends, focus on the purpose. Why are you here? Why did Jesus save you? So that you can enjoy your life and not to fear hell? Is that what you think? God saved me from hell so that I can live for myself? No. God saved me from hell so that I can live for Him. Amen? That's the one thing. We are saved from hell so that we can serve our God. Serve Him. Make that the focus. And then fourth, fourth, here's the last thing. Fixed on the price. That's what Paul is saying. Fixed on the price. I press on toward the goal. There's a goal. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is the principle of determination. Okay, so we have four principles now. The first one is the principle of evaluation. Face your perspectives. Second principle, elimination. Forget the past. Third, principle of concentration. Have Concentrate on one thing. And then fourth, this is the principle of determination. Be determined. Fix, that's the word, fix on the price. Absolutely nothing worthwhile in life happens without fixing on a goal. If you don't have a goal, you don't go anywhere. And what is the goal that Paul tells us here? The goal is to win the prize. I don't have to explain this prize, friends. Remember? We had this last year. Remember the seven crowns? The crown of glory. See? The crown of righteousness. Jesus is, is saying, serve me. Serve people. There's a prize awaiting for you in heaven. Jesus wants us to press on. And, and, and that word press on, that's a nice word. The Greek word is dioko. Dioko, it means I overextend myself. <laughs> nice word, right? Paul is saying, I overextend myself so that I can what? Win the prize. That's the goal. To press on to get the prize. Brethren, let, let me tell you, this is the mission statement of Paul. Do you have a mission statement in life? Or a purpose statement? This is, this is Paul. This is Paul in summary, in one verse. This is what Paul says. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Before Paul met Christ, Paul, what's worth for him? All about himself. I'm a Jew, I'm a Pharisee, I'm, I'm a man with, with class, well-educated. But Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is what? Notice this. Is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of what? Testifying to the good news of God's grace. 
Christians, listen. Wake up. These ought to be our mission. Our life is worth nothing to us. See? House, cars, our real estates, all those things should worth nothing if those things don't help us finish our race. And when Paul came to the end of his life, this is what he said, 2 Timothy 4, 7, 8. Let's read this together. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award to me on that day. Wow. Friends, we want to end our life just like what Paul did. No regrets. I have fought a good fight. Okay? Brethren, the point of, of, of this message is this, that when we die, and we will all die eventually, we can all die smiling. We can all die hopeful. We can all die confident that I did what I have to do. I have fought a good fight. I have served my Lord. Whenever God takes me today, no regrets. I don't need an extension. Why? Because the things that God wants me to do, I, I've been doing it. That ought to be our life, just like Paul. When God takes my life, it's okay. Why? Because Paul never wasted a single iota of his energy to waste it for nothing. Amen? He used everything for the, his one thing. Because he wants to fix, he was fixing his eyes on what? That crown of righteousness. Reflection. Are you tired and tempted to give up? How, how, how many of us are tired? Tired of your Christianity? Tired of your life? Have you forgotten the price Jesus promised? Friends, if there's one thing that God doesn't want us to say, it's the words, I quit. God doesn't like quitters. Never quit for Jesus. Amen? Move forward. Move forward. Now let me leave you with two promises. Okay, two promises to encourage us so that we can face our perspectives, so that we can forget the past, we can focus on the purpose, and we can fix on the price. Two promises. Number one, Paul says, do not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. Take note, if we do not give up. Brethren, can you whisper to the person on your right? Whisper. I-whisper lang, kaya basig natog, maka-disturb ka. I-whisper lang. Ina, don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever it is. If it is good, don't give up. Alright? Friends, if what you're doing is good, that's what Paul is saying. If what you're doing is good, son, don't give up. If you think we are doing something good for God, don't give up. That's the promise of God. Don't grow weary in doing good. Christians, Bradford, Bradfordians, don't give up in helping. Don't give up in being a generous person. I think that's one description of people from Bradford Church. We are generous and we are loving people. Whenever somebody needs help, we are so quick to respond, right? Don't give up. Second, second, here's the second promise. Be confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will what? Will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's having a forward promise from God. You might think, oh Lord, we cannot finish this. Lord, we started something. What does the Bible say? 
He will carry it on to completion. In other words, when we reach the point where we cannot, that's where He will. Amen? He will carry it on to completion. So don't give up, brethren. That's the two promises that I want to leave you this year, this new year. Don't give up. He will carry it on to completion. Right? So keep on moving forward because God is not yet done with you, with me, with our church. God has a good plan for Cebu City and the Philippines. And God wants us, even though we are just a small church, God wants to use Bradford Church for His purpose and His glory. Let me end with this three final challenge. Repent of your mistakes. What mistakes that we need to repent? Don't bring the sins in the past. Don't revive them this year. Let's repent of them once and for all. Lord, I'm sorry. I've been bad in this area. I don't want to dwell in it anymore. Repent. Number two, rededicate your life to Jesus today. I'm happy that there's so many teenagers here. Repent. I'm so happy that there are faces that I miss. Repent. Whatever is your reason. You know your reason why you're not here. But rededicate your life to Jesus. Lord, I want to rededicate my life. Sunday is for you. Sunday is the Lord's day. I have to make sure that on a Sunday, I am in your house because that pleases you, Lord. Make that as a rededication commitment to the Lord. And third, third challenge, be ready to move forward with God this year. Be ready to move forward. Be ready to receive a text. Not from God. From me or from the pastors. We need you. We need you to be part. We need you to volunteer. We need you to help us in this ministry. Never say no to Jesus. Amen? Let's close this in prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for this year. Thank you for this message. We want to be part of what you're doing right now, Lord. We want to repent of all our sins. There's no time for us to justify ourselves, excuse ourselves. You know, Lord, there's nothing, there's nothing that we can hide from you. No need to excuse ourselves. We are sorry. Sorry for being bad. Sorry, Lord, for being not the kind of Christians that you've expected us. We want to repent, Lord. We want to leave those things behind. And we want to rededicate our lives back to you. Lord Jesus, you saved us from hell so that we can serve you well. Help us, Lord. We rededicate ourselves to you. I rededicate my life to you, Lord. We, old, young, singles, married, even teenagers, we want to rededicate our lives back to you, Jesus. Lord, pasaylo ami if we have forgotten about you for the last two years. But we want to be serious with you, Jesus, this year. And we want to be ready. Lord, when you need me, just call my name, Lord Jesus. I will be there. Ready me, Lord. Prepare me, Lord, for the work of your kingdom this year. And Father, bless Bradford Church. Bless us, O oh God, so that we will continue to become a blessing to multitudes of people. We want a church to be seen as God is there, God is moving, God is present there. We want this church to be known not because of us, but known because of you. It's your power, it's your presence that keeps us moving, Lord, moving forward. And so all glory, praise, adoration 
we give back to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.